Our next guest is a paleoecologist. What is a paleoecologist? I better ask that question because Zane will be saying you didn't ask the obvious question. Well, to give you a better idea, here, our guest, Dr. Karen Bacon of the University of Galway, introduces herself at the Bright Club in Galway. I am a plant ecologist and paleoecologist. And if the latter means nothing to you, I'm going to explain it in the way that my husband likes to do when he introduces me to people. And that is, did you see Jurassic Park? (laughs) Yeah, so I definitely, some of you have. So the cool woman in that, Ellie Sattler, was a paleobotanist. She's also the woman who at one point in the movie ends up up to her shoulders in Triceratops poop. And it is my absolute lasting envy that that has not been part of my job. So sadly, that has not actually happened. It's not normal, even for a paleobotanist. So, <laughs> so although while not smothered in dinosaur dung, a paleoecologist does study ecosystems of the past and in so doing gathers vital clues on how plants adapt, evolve and go extinct. And Dr. Karen Bacon joins us now from our Galway studio to tell us more. Hello, Karen, how are you? Hi, Derek. I'm good. How are you? Well, it's great to speak with you. Now, what can your work show us about extinction risk and leaf traits in the Irish flora? For example, I understand it is estimated that approximately 40% of vascular plants are at risk of extinction on a global scale. Yeah, so... One of the the great things about paleoecology and paleobotany is that it allows us to look back at the past and it's like having this amazing natural experiment where we can go and look at fossils and how they have responded to previous periods of environmental change or across mass extinction boundaries or things like that. And we can can look at the fossils and look at the, you know, environmental indicators in the rocks and we can then say, oh, you know, this... particular um, environmental change or this disruption happened and then by looking at the plants we can see how the plants and the ecosystems responded as well. And one of the ways that we do that is by looking at what we call leaf traits. So this is any thing that you can measure on a leaf. So it could be its size, its shape, the length of it. Um, sometimes look at the the little breathing pores on the undersides of leaves, mm-hmm. the stomata, and count them. And they have a relationship in some species with how much carbon dioxide is in the atmosphere. So we can use that to track changes in atmospheric carbon dioxide as well. And then we can look at if there's any changes in leaf traits that indicate that the plants are responding to some sort of a pressure or some sort of a a change in the environment and say, oh, we see this leaf trait changes and that indicates that, you know, something is up at that particular point in time. But we can bring that method into the present as well. And we can look at leaf traits today. And we know, obviously, today that we have lots of different pressures on ecosystems like climate change, but also other pressures like uh, habitat loss or disruption fragmentation of habitats. And we can then look at the leaf traits in, for example, as we did in the Irish flora. And the question that we can ask is, do we see any association between leaf traits and extinction risk in the modern Irish flora? It has previously been done that the the Irish flora has been red listed. So that means that it has been assessed for the risk that each species might 
face in terms of extinction. So what we did was we we took that information, we were able to look at the the listing and the the categories that all of the native Irish species had been put into in terms of their risk of extinction. And then we were able to look at leaf traits, some of which we know maybe have an association with pressures related to changing climate or something like that, and to assess whether or not we could see any link between the leaf traits and the risk of extinction. And if the risk of extinction was driven by, for example, a climate-driven risk of extinction, we might expect to see certain leaf traits be associated with extinction risk. But when we looked at the Irish flora, we didn't really see that. So that then suggests that right now, the Irish flora, the threat is not coming from, for example, changing climate. It's coming from other things like habitat loss, things that we're really, really directly doing ourselves. It's things like reducing our woodland cover, damaging our peatlands. Um, all of these kind, these actions are, are they're the threats, the real threats that we're seeing uh, in the Irish flora at the moment. So, Karen, what you've been doing then is looking at leaf traits, which indicated a certain type of climate. Uh, you were mentioning at one point you were looking at um, teeth on oak mm-hmm. leaves, which indicated that the weather was cold and then looking yep. to see are there, are there fewer teeth now indicating that the weather's warming up and this didn't happen. But you're saying what you did then discover was that extinction in plants in Ireland is not being caused by climate change but by something else. Now, isn't it great when other completely different (laughs) research comes up with exactly (laughs) the same results? I've just been last week over in the Botanic Gardens when they were launching the results of the Plant Atlas 2020 and they had measured all of the distribution of Oh, all of the plants, both the both the native ones and mm-hmm. the introduced ones, and they were able to demonstrate chillingly that there was yep. a huge reduction in the distribution and the, the way the sustainability of our native plants exactly corroborating what you were saying and that this reduction was entirely due, as you have said, to land use change, not to climate change. Now, this is all very terrible indeed, but one good thing you can take out of it is... I mean, climate change is such a big thing. What can you or I do about that? But land use change in Ireland is something that's within all our powers to change. Everybody can change a little bit of the land near them or whatever it is. So while um, it's bad news that the plants are being less common than they were, the the answer lies in our own hands. So your, your research is exactly saying the same thing, that the change in our plant species distribution is not caused in Ireland by climate change. Absolutely. And and I had um, very mixed feelings when I saw uh, the results come out for, from the, the BSPI Atlas because they're horrifying. But it was like, yep, this is this is from a, a completely different approach. Um, so using our the kind of the leaf trade approaches is more, um, you know, theoretical. It's um, and it gives us really good faith that the paradigm that we're working under is actually very accurate. And, and that helps us then when we bring it back in time, when we when we further apply this to the fossil record, that again, it's a robust methodology um, because we have seen a completely different and really hands-on, uh, like the, the amount of work that has gone in to the production of um, the, the BSBI Atlas is just mind-blowing. It is an absolutely phenomenal 
piece of work. And and that's come up, as you say, with it's reached exactly the same conclusion. And although it is, as you say, it, it's chilling, it's like this is horrifying that we're seeing, you know, if, if about 56% of our native plants are, are declining. But it is in a way that we can actually take direct action to to try and mitigate it. And it's very much at the point where we can still do something. We can actually make good decisions and we can make meaningful change to try and protect our plants. Yeah, it's, and it's, I think it's it's actually in some ways it's encouraging because it's not obscure. It's it's something that we can actually take action and, and, and try and deal with. It's great that there are two completely different sorts of research coming up with the same thing for Ireland mm. rather than just somebody's got something wrong and you can be dissed. But I mean, two completely different fields yeah. of research come up with the same thing. But I noticed that you did all of this for, for Ireland and you said for Ireland this doesn't work. But does it work in other parts of the world where climate change definitely is causing extinctions because of drought or things like that? Is there any way of measuring or is climate change happening too fast for leaves to change enough to be able to identify the traits because after all normally climate changes very slowly and plants can adapt to it. The problem with the current situation of course as we know is that climate change is happening very quickly and is there time, is this possible to actually use traits in other places to identify um, the fact that they may become extinct or not. Can can this be drawn out to other countries? I, I Definitely and because what we have in Ireland is actually, it's, it's quite a diverse flora but it's also a small flora so it's it's feasible to kind of do this for the flora and because we had the kind of the full red listing the full assessment of you know the extinction risk for each species you you can do this and it made Ireland an ideal test case for this methodology because we were able to look at basically the whole flora and it wasn't you know an overwhelming task of of you know thousands and thousands of species um but i i think that as a as a starting point it made Ireland an ideal test case uh, for this. And we see it coming up with as with the same results as the, the BSBI um, atlas. So again, it makes us feel um, very confident in the methodology. And I do think that it would pick up on changes if we were to bring it to another area that we kind of know has more severe climate pressures because plants can change their leaf traits uh, quite quickly. There's, you know, there's lots of work done in this over the years that if you, um, plants that have kind of, you know, we know that they can change their leaf shape. Not all plants will, but, you know, some species you can grow them in a warmer, you know, put one one in a greenhouse and one outside and and you might see slightly different shape of the leaves. Um, If you grow plants in a, a chamber with higher CO2, you will see changes to the leaf thickness and you'll see changes to the stomata on the leaves. So plants are fairly responsive to climate change pressures. Um, and, and actually, I think in Ireland, what we've seen is, you know, when, when we look at the last kind of, you know, 100 years or so, we do see an incredibly rapid climate change, but it just may not be enough to start to really see these changes in leaf traits um, yet. But if we were to go somewhere else in the world where it's kind of been a more severe uh, temperature change or something like that, we might be able to pick up on it. Um, and it just, I think it, it's not really been done in the detail and linked to extinction criteria. Um, but I know that there are, you know, people are going to be working on that kind of thing. So, 
So it's it's a good methodology to use and it certainly worked very well in the Irish situation. Yes. So yeah. now we have the bad results, so it's up to us to change them. You know, yeah. they're not written in stone. And once we have the information, once it's measured, then work can be carried out to fix it, we hope. So let us all hope that this will happen. It's been great, great talking to you, Karen. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks very much. Thanks very much indeed, Karen. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye.